Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome in to Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host in D.C., who loves C.D., Mozzie. I do love C.D. Yeah. What a guy. Who doesn't, though? Uh, yeah, I'm on site here uh, down in D.C., so I can tell you, forecast for the game Thursday, even though this probably won't be out in time, is rain. It is rain. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the next couple of weeks at uh so week three, our Thursday night is Texans Panthers and week four it's Bengals Jaguars. Oh so, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Uh classic NFL. <laughs> classic Thursday night who cares fest. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so enough Thursday. We can go on to uh Sunday and we'll start off with the aforementioned Bengals going to Chicago to take on the Bears. And I'm torn on this one actually. <laughs> Well, I am too, but, you know, as long as they keep Dalton in, I'm going to keep going against him because I'm just, I want to see Fields, and I think if you put Fields in, he could win this game for you. I'm just saying, and I don't, mm-hmm. you know, nothing really against Dalton. It's just Dalton is a wonderful, wonderful, like, Honda Accord, and Justin Fields is just, you know, he's uh, he's like a fucking Audi, you know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's too much, but I was trying to think of a car that is potentially very fun, but also a little more risky, and I was like, you know, I really don't know cars very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, a Lotus? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a Lotus. Those are pretty cool. Yeah. Those are, like, really tiny, though. Justin Fields isn't tiny. I, I guess Kyler Murray is a Lotus. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, cars aside. Yeah, this one's, a, this one's a hard one for me to go with. And because, like you said, as long as it's Andy Dalton, I have a hard time picking the Bears. And so <laughs> they've actually they opened as four point favorites and have been bet down to two and a half point favorites. So I, the consensus is okay. It should be a pretty close bout. And like when the home team's not even favored by three, you know that's when it's kind of close. Mm-hmm. So um, who do you, so who do you like from this game? I mean, I, I guess I asked you, but I'll start uh, a Rob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely like a Rob. Mm-hmm. Um, by nature, I also kind of, I mean, you know, I, as a Jets fan, I don't know if it's the same for Cincy, but as a Jets fan, I would be expecting my other team's quarterback who used to be my starter to kick my ass. I would be expecting that. So I feel like I can sort of transitive property that into, I would expect as a Cincy fan for Dalton to have a good game. And I kind of think he probably will. Bull call on Dalton. I mean, I know. I'm, I don't. I don't expect like a terrible game or anything. I mean, I think he's a stream option. I wouldn't say he's a banger, but I. I do think he's probably fine this week. Now, I want him to get benched, so it doesn't go against what I want. I want him to get benched for Fields against Cincy. I think that would just that would be like the, that would be, be like just poetic such a tragedy. Day. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Which you know, we don't enjoy when tragedy happens to us, but it does make for a fun. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> or watch <laughs> on the Cincy side though 
who who from this Cincy group are you taking? I kind of bit like, you know, build your own Cincy receiver group. Sure. Well, I don't particularly like any of Chicago's corners. Um, so I don't have any of them that I, mm-hmm. like, don't want to start, uh, if that makes sense. I guess their free safety is their best guy in their secondary with Eddie Jackson. Um, uh, I, I mean... So I expect Boyd to have a bounce back game. Yeah, probably. I don't think he'll be bad two weeks in a row. So I think Boyd is fine. I am not sitting Higgins against this team. In fact, Higgins is probably my favorite. But I also, if I had Jamar Chase, wouldn't be sitting him. Yeah, I, I think they're all in play you know, <laughs> versus whatever your options are. I think you can start all three of them if you have them. Yeah, they're, they're going to be games like that this year where they're all viable. And they might all be very good this week. Mm-hmm. But so... Running back-wise, Monty, McSinner, are you kind of expecting the usual from them, I guess? Like, nothing above or below, really? I'm a little more down on Mixon than some are this week. I do think Mixon's still fine, but I think you should temper expectations. Because if there is one decent part of Chicago, it is their run defense mm-hmm. in general. Um, I think they're fine, like, health-wise, as I check really quickly. But, yeah, Akeem Hicks is still there. Khalil Mack is still there. Roquan Smith is still there. Their linebackers are good. Their defensive run game is pretty good. The Bengals' O-line is pretty bad. Uh, So I think Mixon's going to be catching things. I think he's going to be catching balls, and that's where he'll get most of his fantasy production because running up the middle, uh, not going to work so well. Yeah, or on the outside. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Monty, I think Dave Montgomery has kind of played himself into the next tier up from where he was being drafted. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he looked so good against the Rams. He was literally the only thing working for the Bears. So I I think Montgomery is is at this point an every week starter. I kind of agree. And I think it only improves when Fields goes in. I don't think it dips at all. Yeah, I mean, like, even if he steals some touchdowns, it should help the efficiency. Yeah. As as happens with running quarterbacks, so <laughs> this this game could be pretty close. I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see what happens. But the next game on our docket, I don't okay, Houston and Cleveland. Houston, you know they had their fun last week, but right. I think we see more of the Houston team we kind of expected against uh, Cleveland. Yeah, no, my uh, I picked the Texans last week. I was excited to do that, very confident, and I don't believe I'll be picking them the entire rest of the season, even when they play Jacksonville again. By that <laughs> point, I think Jacksonville will be a lot better. Uh, this is a Cleveland smash. I'm not calling a trap game or anything. Um, this is, yeah. Yeah, uh, so I think pretty much all of Cleveland's in play, um, especially Nick Chubb, who is my banger of the week. This is something I mentioned in the uh, bold predictions. I, this is a matchup I've been looking forward to for a while, and it's even more backed up. So, okay, the ex- expectation was, okay, Browns have a good line. They can block well, a good running game. Didn't expect much from the Texans, you know, run defense. And adjusted line yards kind of backed that up in week one. The, the Browns got the most adjusted line yards, and Texans were on the defensive side third worst at like in the adjusted line yards. So... <laughs> Mm. kind of backing up what we'd assumed would happen. And so, okay, there's a lot of shit week one that happens that won't matter or will be a facade. But some things, if they kind of, like, confirm everything we thought, probably, you know. We'll continue. Yeah. yeah. So, and they everything just points to a huge chub game. So, I'm on board. And then, no Odell. So, I'm actually, so I know Anthony Schwartz was the guy last week. And I think he can have some production again. 
But I wouldn't forget about Donovan Peoples-Jones. He actually out-snapped Schwartz. He got uh, 80% of the snaps. He was in you know, on the field more. So even though it didn't work out for him fantasy-wise, uh, I, I in last week, I mean, it's Houston this week. It could be, you know, a softer matchup for him to get going. There we go. We've been waiting for him. He mm-hmm. had a lot of off-season hype. We talked about him a lot. Uh, and he was year. on the field a lot last week. Yeah, he had some good games last year, too. So There we go. I Honestly, I'm fine starting any Cleveland player. Mm-hmm. Um, I would start Hunt. I would start Chubb. I'd probably start Hooper. I, uh, Jarvis, of course. Start Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Yeah. Start Baker. I don't Yeah. <laughs> your, uh, your trade for Jarvis and Dynasty is looking a lot better now with Odell out the last couple of games, too. I was not expecting him to be out for the nope. first week, and then <laughs> now it's two there. weeks. Right. Yeah, and then as far as injuries go in this game, like you mentioned Odell, uh, keep an eye on Treader and Wills, uh, mostly Wills because he got hurt mid-game. Um, obviously, you know, a little knock to the line of the run game, but I don't expect it to be a huge hamper. And then Farrah Brown actually hasn't. Uh, so we're recording on Thursday. We have most of the Thursday practice reports, and Farrah Brown, who was actually the tight end one for the Houston Texans, didn't practice, so keep an eye on him. <laughs> uh so I do want to put this in really quickly because I was thinking about this uh, in this these past few days after the Jacksonville-Houston game because I had a hard time vocalizing why I was picking the Texans over the Jags, mm-hmm. and I realized very quickly what it actually was. So if you've ever heard some idiot, and I will say idiot very, very specifically, if you've ever heard some idiot say, oh, I bet so-and-so college team could beat the worst NFL team. If you've ever heard some idiot say that, you literally got to see it last week. <laughs> because the Jags-Texan game was as close to ever seeing a good college team going against the worst NFL team, which is essentially what we had. They got roasted. Yeah, <laughs> It's a college coach with a college quarterback and a very, very young collegiate roster going against potentially the worst NFL team. Because I think by the end of the year, the Jags will probably be better. Mm-hmm. Um but, but that's by the end of the year. If you've ever heard someone say that, you just got to watch it, and they got smoked. <laughs> yeah, there, there's never any contest. It's like one of the I always hate hearing that. Like, no, just no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That was impressed. They, I think, the fact that Lawrence was able to put up any points. I guess this is just part review of the fact that Lawrence was able to put up any points last week. I think is a testament to the fact that he will be very good. Yeah, I'm not concerned about Lawrence at all. Even if it's with a new coach. <laughs> Probably the new coach. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, before we jump to the next game, I do want to mention, we forgot to say, Trey Waynes, keep an eye on him. I I don't know if I expect him to play, but even if he does, probably can't keep up with A-Rob, so whoever they put on A-Rob is going to be uh, in, in for a day, I think. No, I mean, Trey Waynes was like the cornerback two in Minnesota, which was when they had Xavier Rhodes, mm-hmm. but he was still the two, and he's two years older now and has not played a game. Mm-hmm. So, oofa doofa. But next up, we've got Rams at Indy. And so the injury list for Indy is a, a, bit, a bit of a list here. Um, Quite a bit. So the Thursday did not practice. We've got a few guys here. We've got Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson, Xavier Rhodes, Braden Smith, Quiddy Pay, Jack Doyle, Kari Willis. So bit of a list. Again, let's keep an eye on who all is and isn't playing. But we were going to pick the Rams anyway. Um, and yeah. that, help, that helps. <laughs> I was pretty sound on them. They're definitely one of my, like, lock-ins mm-hmm. is the Rams over the Colts here. Yeah. 
They are a three and a half point favorite right now, so they could qualify as a lock for sure if we want to roll with them. Oh, there we go. To hit. No, so, I don't like. I don't want to shit on the Colts. It's just their secondary looked really, really exploitable last week. Um, and you combine that with like below average safety play, it's going to be really hard for me not to pick the Rams and Stafford because their passing game should just. I mean, it should be just down the field bombs all day and because of that like henderson will be able to run things will open up like i yeah yeah i with henderson i do want to say i like last week we we said pretty explicitly like hey sony michelle's not going to do anything yet but he might start getting more involved so just keep keep that in mind like with henderson like i don't know how soon we'll get more sony but as the year goes on we will so we will start getting more sony so it's not going to be as safe later we go into the season yep no that it's true yeah, but so for the Rams passing game, they're like, I think we could see a Woods bounce back. And honestly, I, th- I think Higby, I wrote Higbeans, kind of makes some sense because uh, we saw we saw Jared Everett, Gerald Everett and um, like have a, have a decent game last year. Didn't he get in the end zone in the end zone last week? I think he did. Yeah. So. So those are the two I'm on. I'm on Higby and I'm on Cup. I also like Woods. Yeah, they, they're all obviously. It's just a matter of like who gets the scores and shit. But <laughs> yeah, definitely my thing last week was Lockett had just a day yeah (laughs) (laughs) i see both woods and cup being able to do those things Mm -hmm. in a similar vein so i kind of like all three of them yeah i think like if i had to pick one to cop to lock it i think woods is probably closer to lock it i yeah i think so too Mm -hmm. and then for the uh colts so i'll put cup in the stream i think cup will be fine yeah they'll they'll have their 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 chances i think but yeah on the colt side (laughs) I know we love Pittman, but not this week, I'm going to say, because I, I assume he will draw Jalen Ramsey. And yeah. if I had to pick one corner to just fully shut down Michael Pittman, it would be Jalen Ramsey. I think he's yeah. like a perfect physical matchup for him, and he's got way more experience. So, unfortunately, not going there this week. I, I'm kind of off Pittman until Hilton comes back. Really? Just to mm-hmm. draw better corners? Yeah, it's just a, it's a juju kind of thing. Uh, I, I see that. I guess I th- like I see him as a as not like he shouldn't be your wide receiver one in your scheme, even though he has like that upside. It's just yeah. he's just works better in that second role. Yes. Even if the even if the one is technically not getting as many looks, <laughs> but he's drawing a certain coverage and a certain part of the offensive layout. If that makes sense. Yeah, he does get the Titans in week three though, so he could have a nice time even without there. We go. There. <laughs> so I do want to talk about the running backs here because we saw them both get a ton of receiving work last week and then we saw David Montgomery have like a fine day against the Rams like on the ground so I, I'm not really worried about JT even though the Colts may not be favored here we saw he's going to get touches as long as the game's remotely closed and they will pass the ball to him still like yes. he and Hines both got six catches so yeah part of my review was about how when Wentz is in trouble he looks to his running backs first mm-hmm. as like relief and both Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines were benefits of that last week. The Rams defense is very good. I would say they can generate as much pressure as the Seahawks, mm-hmm. if not more. Um, so probably look into them again. I like them both as receiving options in standard. I probably don't know if I like them as much. Yeah. Hines is tough to, play outside of full PPR just because he doesn't really get enough rushing to make it up so you need 
you pretty much need to touch off from Hines if you're not in full PPR. So yeah, a little tougher to go there. So next up, we've got uh, Buffalo at Miami, and this is our first uh, you know point where we haven't picked the same team. Although I think we both pretty much agreed it was a really really tough call. So yeah, I mean I'm torn on this. It's fifty fifty split for me. Yeah, so I I went with Miami. You went with Buffalo for now, and. Right. My kind of thing with the AFC uh, North here, wait, not AFC North, sorry, AFC uh, East is going to be, it's going to sort of be a rock, paper, scissors <laughs> with Buffalo, New England, Miami, where I know New England lost, but New England should beat Miami. Miami should beat Buffalo. Buffalo should beat New England based on like how these teams individually match up. And I mean, I kind of let the Jets out of that. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, they're in their own little corner. Yeah, but Miami <laughs> has arguably like the best secondary in the league against right. Buffalo who went four wide the most in the league last week and is very receiver heavy and passes a shitload. So it's tough. It's tough to pick Buffalo to start 0-2 and, and that's part of it. But I don't want to let that like bias me. I think in this one individual game, Miami matches up pretty well against Buffalo like on the defensive side. And so I actually listed Singletary as a stream because like if Buffalo is going to compete, they might have to get like a good game and good production from Singletary. I think that's a good take on Singletary there. I'm kind of on board with that. Um, Yeah, this is a tough one. I really am torn. I had a very hard time picking Buffalo to go 0-2, and that was a big part of it. I just, like, I'm really struggling to Mm -hmm. do that. But the main thing that I'm really curious about, and week two is sort of our confirmation week on a lot of things, is so Buffalo... Like offensive line last week was allowing the Steelers to get a ton of pressure without rushing a whole lot of people. Like they were doing three and four and getting to Jalen, which is concerning Mm -hmm. in one of two ways and maybe both. It's either the Steelers defense is outstanding. It is. (laughs) Or the Bills O-line is really, really not good. That's where I'm kind of concerned, yeah. Which if it could be one, both, or neither – or sorry, one, both, or either, and I'm hoping it's more of the Steelers' defense just being that good. But man, I mean, Miami's defense is also quite good. They're better in the secondary, but they are worse up front. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> it's it's a really tough game to call. Yeah. I guess I have Buffalo just on the off chance that got their asses chewed out in practice after their performance and like are going to fix some things. Mm-hmm. I but, think man. picking I think picking Buffalo over Miami here is like basically like assuming Jalen fixes his fuck ups from week 1. Yeah, cuz he was off. And in rewatching that game, he really was off. Yeah, like he 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 should have had two more long touchdowns that he just missed basically. He missed those, but he was missing people all game. Mm-hmm. He was throwing the ball into places that were not easy for them to get it or needed to be right on the money in order to make the play, and he didn't. So I know those were the issues he had in previous years. So, so you know what? I am going to take Miami here oh. because uh, – they get, they get Fuller back too. That's a huge part of it because Waddle and Fuller – so Buffalo has good corners, but they're not super fast corners is the thing, and Fuller and Waddle are super fast. And so that worries me partially, too. What worries me that I just made the connection of is if, um, like, Mac Jones can put the ball right on the money. And they had a really tough game against Miami. 
mm-hmm. even even with him putting the ball right on the money. They had a tough game and they barely lost, but it was sixteen to seventeen. And if Jalen is missing those throws, or even if he's a little bit better than last week, but still has a few of those errant ones, Miami can really capitalize yeah. on it. And th- th- I think both defenses, I- I'm out of that here, like are in play. Like either of them are usable based on like hoping for turnovers, because like Tua is pretty aggressive. And he he mentioned like Marino said like you know like lock onto your guy and sling it basically or something along those lines. And so Tua, Tua is aggressive and he will turn it over at times. So like either defense could capitalize and so plus it's a divisional matchup and it is home so Uh, i am i am gonna take miami here i mean i'm really split on it this is not a game i'm betting on oh no yeah and i'm not sure the over under for this feels a little high it is at um 47 and a half it started at 48 and a half so a bit down a little bit but i don't yeah i don't see it going over that it feels that feels right I guess it does. Yeah, I'm probably not going to bet the under, even though I do think it's quite possible it hits under. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, who, who knows? It just could pop off, but I don't. I'm not banking on it. Yeah, Divisional- that's not a that's not a game I want to bet on. Divisional game. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, divisional games are always kind of tough to bets because sometimes one team that's shit just just has to show up. <laughs> right. But neither of these teams are shit. So right now, this does count as an upset if you want to put it in uh, upsets of the week. Like ho- like home dogs are always decent upset picks, especially divisionally. Do I like their safeties? I'm definitely going to go back and forth on this. For now, though, I, I, I'm I pretty confident in taking... Yeah, because Miami's got good safeties, Dolphins. too. Like Roe, McCordy, and Holland are all good safeties. Like their, se- yeah. their whole secondary is fucking loaded. And that's like that's why I'm picking them against the Bills yeah. who pass a ton. So... Next up, we've got another AFC East matchup with New England and the Jets. And hey. this one's a little easier. We're both picking New England. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got Jacoby as a banger here. Jacoby! Uh, yeah, the Jets secondary is not Butts. hot. <laughs> and I nope. don't think they'll get enough pressure to really mess with Mac much. And honestly, I think Mac could kind of be a stream here. But I think this, this seems like a spot where Jacoby could really pop off against some easy corner matchups yeah i mean the jets best player in their secondary is bryce hall who's a second year he had a really bad injury and that he kind of dropped in the draft so i'm kind of i don't know much about him yet i have to watch some more like specific matchups but uh Mm -hmm. if he is their best corner then maybe he's on Aguilar, if anything yeah and that's not great anyway they actually gave uh myers a fair amount of slot time uh, last week, which is kind of nice. interesting. So that would put him against uh, the cornerback Michael Carter at points. Oh, boy. The rookie, yeah. So <laughs> that, that was part of why I put him in here as a banger, too. And then, so how do you feel about the New England tight ends here in this one? Love them. I think this is a New England tight end week. And the reason why is because the Jets are on their third safety, strong safety, that is. Ashton Davis is hurt who was their draft pick that I actually do like. He's on IR. And LaMarcus Joyner, who's the guy they signed because he was on IR, is also on IR. So they are starting Sheldrick, Redwine, at strong safety. And that is, uh, well, Belichick's going to find the weak point in your defense. And unfortunately, the strength of the New England offense being the tight ends against the weakness of the Jets being their safety and corners might just mean a big tight end. Yeah, <laughs> they are also consequently sort of a run funnel, or sorry, a pass funnel. They're 
the Jets are better against the run than the pass, like by a large margin. Uh, so if I'm taking a running back, I probably want Jacoby, not Jacoby, uh, <laughs> James White getting the passes. And probably th- I, I think Mac Jones is going to be fantasy relevant this week. If you need a stream option because you're really down on someone, I think Mac Jones works. I'm going to say it right now. No, I, I agree. I don't think that I don't want to say, I think this might be a stop, but I think it might be a stop. I don't normally I would agree, but so, okay. We know what Belichick's going to do, right? Belichick yeah. is going to run this cover <laughs> zero defense against Wilson, right? He's, he does it to every rookie quarterback. It's sort of his test to his gauge. Like if you can beat this, I think you're a good quarterback. And if you can't, then I don't care. And he did it against Darnold. He's done it against every rookie. He does this cover zero where he basically rushes one more person than the line can help out protect. Um, against Darnold at work, that was the seeing ghost game. Um, against every rookie quarterback I've ever seen, it's pretty much worked with the exception of a few. He doesn't usually do it against rushing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But I do have some hope that Wilson can get past it. From what I've seen from Wilson, I think he can take the shots to uh, sort yeah. of break up that cover zero. And I don't think it's enough for them to win the game. But I do think that he goes against it better than I've seen. Before. For me, it's not as much of a Wilson knock as it is a Jets O-line knock at the moment between how bad they were last week and now no Mackay Becton for now. Like, I'm more worried about the Jets O-line making it an issue than Wilson himself making it an issue, if that makes sense. Right, and I hear you there, but because of the cover zero scheme, it doesn't really matter. It won't matter in the sense that... uh the Jets can have five people protecting Wilson. Bill's going to rush six. The Jets can have seven people protecting Wilson. Bill's going to rush eight. It doesn't matter. Like, be, that's how the cover zero thing will work. So it kind of, he's always going to be bringing one more person than they have in protection for Wilson. Yeah. Even if one of them is having an easy time getting past Becton, it won't really matter. They're still going to rush the same amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my concern is like, can... Because, okay, if we assume, okay, Wilson can dodge a guy, the problem then becomes, like, okay, what if one other guy gets through quickly, either via missed assignment or just poor play? And so right. that's, I mean, that's where I'm a little, I guess, concerned because I think the New England defense is definitely better than the Jets line. Like, like even if, Oh, you know, definitely. Aside, aside from that extra person getting through, you know, how often will a second person get through is where the concern comes in for me. Right. But, so yeah, I definitely we both pick New England. I think you think it might be more of a blowout. I think it's a I mean maybe 10 point loss to me. Right now right reasonable. now the spread is uh New England favored by 6. Yeah, I mean, I'll take 6 to 12 as range of outcomes. Are are there any Jets you're interested in? My honestly like Tyler Croft made the most sense in my brain as like a tight end stream this. Um yeah, I mean Tyler Croft kind of does make sense i also kind of like i mean i think Corey davis and yeah. wilson seem to i think Corey davis well. is going to be like a safe like a, a good play every week he might just be like a weekly starter guy that you got too late in the draft basically yeah i yeah i don't hate davis this week uh-huh Cr- crowder will be back though this week presumably so that'll help him some too yeah he should i mean he was covid right so he's yeah. back and cool and then uh oh yeah on the england side though trent brown and van noy are guys to keep eyes on I think I'm more worried about Trent Brown because he's been someone who has not played pretty much at all through injury for the most part. 
as far as I can recall. So he, I, I don't expect him to play, but possible. So moving on, we've got San Fran at Philly. We both have San Fran. I think this will be a good game, though. Because San it should Fran, be a fun game. Yeah, San Fran's <laughs> banged up enough that, like, cause, so no Greenlaw, no Kinlaw, and no uh, Verrett. Which, bummer for him. That guy's been getting hurt a ton the last few years. And it sucks because yeah. he's good. But He is good. But yeah, it'll make uh, it'll make Hurts' life a bit easier. Who, I think at this point, has put himself in every week start territory based on his rushing floor, which is, you know, typical. You get a rushing quarterback who's starting and playing the whole game. But I I want to mention uh, Kenneth Gainwell here. Uh, I think he's, he's going to be a PPR viable, like, RB2, RB3 kind of guy throughout the year, but especially here. I know, okay, I don't expect them to target the running backs like the Lions did, but if you want to, you can, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, I, at the same time, they were playing, you know, back a lot, playing some prevent. It might get, they might, you know, do that a lot differently here, but in general, a lot of games, I think uh, I wrote Kenny, Kenneth Gainwell will be probably PPR stream most games. So I just wanted to give my uh, vote of confidence to him in general because he as we mentioned, bypass Boston Scott. But what other, yeah, yeah what other uh, Philly guys do you have some interest in here? Um, well, I'm, I'm still starting Hurts. Um, I'm actually debating right now whether to start Hurts or Lamar Jackson this week because oh. of the ma- the matchup. Um, and I think that is a reasonable consideration. Given all of the injuries to San Fran and Jalen Hurts' upside and the potential for Lamar to have nobody <laughs> on his team left yeah. by, by game time at this rate, um, but yeah, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, I probably would start Regor too. Yeah, Devontae Devante Smith is uh, that dude, as they say. He's that dude. The Slim Reaper Yeah, <laughs> is his nickname, and I love it. I also think that applies to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's, he's kind of like a skinnier guy for sure. The Slim Reaper. Um, but yeah, Devontae Smith is awesome, and Niners are a little banged up. So it should be a pretty high scoring. Yeah, I, I expect a, a good game. And uh, on the 49ers side, so the, the big hot, the hot ticket is Elijah Mitchell. And Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm cool <laughs> with him this week. I know I know people are, like, worried about, like, Hasty and Sermon, but I'm expecting, like, at least another game of Elijah Mitchell getting the bulk of the carries. So if you, you know, picked him up, play him. <laughs> you probably if you, if you want him, you probably spent a lot and need him. So I would, yeah. I would play him. And then... I want to give some reassurance just in case anyone's, you know, Kittle didn't give you a huge outing, but guys, it's fine. It was Detroit. Right. And we said that. Yeah. We totally called that. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't feel worried about Kittle. You keep. No, this will probably be a huge Kittle week. Yeah. And if, if you've, if for some reason someone's selling low, go for it. But I I mean, I doubt it, but Hey, if you can trade Debo for Kittle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Dude, Debo had a nuts a week. I'm curious when. IU will get back in the rotation and then we get Sermon and back in. But this kind of brings me to, I guess, a mini rant. Um, Uh oh. So let's do it. I think Kyle Shanahan has kind of put himself in this basket. And I think McVay might be too. Um, Coaches that are really good coaches, but are not good at player development. Uh, Ah. So. I think if we want to talk about like Andy Reid as a guy who seems to be good with player development and also a good coach, um, like, Mc, like McV- okay, I'm not trying to say like it's McVay's fault golf didn't work out, but 
I can't remember if it was his quote or something else where like, okay, Stafford's more of his like partner that's he, that he needs and not his like, you know, student more or less. Yes. Guys that like want, like can win now. They could, or they're good at winning now. And so with, with uh, Shanahan, we saw with Pettis who looked mm-hmm. really good right away and then got in Shani's doghouse and then shit the bed or like Kiki Cutie had some pretty good stretches and got in Bob's doghouse and you know, nothing happened from there. Like getting in a coach's doghouse I think is in, in in a way it could just mean like the coach didn't take the time to like learn how to effectively reach that player. Cause mm. some, some guys respond to that. Some guys, you know, if you chew them out, put them in the doghouse, make them work harder, like they'll, they'll step up to it. But there are some guys that, you know, need more of like, I guess the nurturing approach, like, you know, not, not a tough love. So you know, some, there are times like a player, okay, they might not go hundred percent practice. Okay. Make them run a lap. Or maybe, but like if they're not getting a concept, or like sometimes they're just human and mess up. Not everyone is like, you know, belongs in the doghouse. Like, a lot of coaches will resort to that, but it's not for everyone. And so, I think Shanny. I don't want to call him like a hard ass, but this this is his mo, and he does it. And I think he might be fucking himself over at times with players because like Ayuk <laughs> was fucking good last year. I don't get the point. Like. If okay, if I if you give IU game time and he shits the bed, okay, then we can reevaluate it. But like, if you're just not even gonna let him play in the game, I think that's too far because I don't I don't see like unless there's something extreme we don't know about where he deserved it. But I don't know. I think it's a little over the top and not the right way to reach every player. Yeah, I mean, it could be like an attitude thing. Quite frankly, like maybe he came in like you know, hot shit and mm-hmm. the coach was, and he wasn't doing things and coach was like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? Um, and I, you know, I guess I kind of see it from that perspective, but this is also their jobs. And a lot of, most of the players in the league have contracts that are absolutely riddled with incentives. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of shitty to sit somebody when they could literally get less money because of it. Yeah, I'm not sure about like rookie contracts and stuff like you, but yeah, like a lot of guys have like incentivated contracts and everything. I I fully agree there. And right. I get okay. I get it with the Lions. That might have been part of his decision too. But if they had lost, if if the Lions had come back and tied this game actually, and Sanford right. didn't win, that he would be getting so much more shit for that decision to not play Ayuk at all. And okay. Maybe you're like, there was like a little bit about it maybe being a hammy or something, but he pretty much came out and said he has to like clearly outwork the guys behind him. I'm like, okay, put him in the game. If he's not going hundreds in the game, if he's not playing up to his potential in the game. Okay. Evaluate it then. But to not even give him the chance, I think is dumb personally. So I'm reading here that he basically, yeah, basically he didn't think he was like working more, like working harder than Sherfield, I guess. Right. But he's better than Sherfield. So, like, that's the thing. It's like, at what point do you say, like, oh, I'm going to put in this guy who's been working harder over this guy who, like, I know the talent's there, but I want more out of him in practice versus, like, okay, let's see if he can do this in practice but still get it done in the game versus, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because you also, if your players are lazy, you can't let them do that, you know? And if Uh he was being lazy or something, then... I mean, I understand disciplining him, but I think a whole game of resting someone—I don't know. There's, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of both sides to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I just thought about like coaches being hard asses to put people in the doghouses. I'm like, it's not right. It's not always the right move. So right, 
Yeah, and there have been a lot of guys we were waiting to see and we're just, we might not ever see. Yeah, and like, <laughs> this, this made me think of like, people talked about Pettis and like, I, I, I use better than Pettis was, I think, but same kind of line of like, okay, like if you don't, you don't, you don't want to fuck this guy up, like mentally, not mentally, but like confidence wise, you don't want to shake his confidence and make him unable to play. So, but anyway, next up we've got Vegas at Pittsburgh and we both have Pittsburgh, but I think we did both have a little bit of a tough time picking Pittsburgh. Yeah, I originally had the Raiders. I mean, their <laughs> their defense is, I mean, it picked apart the Ravens O-line, and the Ravens O-line is better than the Steelers. So I was uh, initially very high on picking the Raiders here to go 2-0. and Yeah, the man, that Raiders front with Ngakwe and Nassib and Crosby was nuts, and they'll definitely feast on the Steelers O-line, but I think the difference is, and we talked about this a little beforehand, was the Steelers knew their O-line was shitty, and it prepared for it, whereas the Ravens didn't really come in prepared (laughs) to have a shitty O-line. Yep, so that was one of my points of, like, going back and watching, was watching the Steelers and seeing what they did offensively, and it happened pretty much exactly how we predicted, in that they're going to do a lot of spreading out and doing a lot of quick passes to guys and letting, you know, their blockers take the field and using a lot of, you know, yak basically a lot of yards after the catch throwing to people in the backfield what was so funny though was it was snap one so play (laughs) one of the Steelers game Roethlisberger gets the snap and he doesn't I don't even know if he takes a step he gets the ball and immediately hurls it to his receiver who now has you know they're all lined up together so now he has two receiving blockers with him and they you know get a nice little gain out of it and they did it the whole game Mm -hmm. because they knew weeks ago that their O-line was going to be shit and that Roethlisberger was going to have, like, one second to throw the ball. Uh, and they game-planned around it. Now, the problem with this is defenses will figure that out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the Steelers are going to have to get really, really creative with it. And at some point, it might just not matter because they have such a lack of variety in their offense altogether. They're pretty much like stuck doing one style of offense and it might work for a while, but I think against better teams with better defenses, it'll, it, they won't be able to do it and they're just going to put up no points basically. Yeah. This, this is a tough <laughs> one. Cause like this, the Steelers are going to be an interesting case all year because of the yellow line, but also their absurd defense where I think we can, I mean, Buffalo has more offensive talent than the Raiders do. I don't think that that's not a hot take. I mean, I've also got Waller, but, you know, I, I mean, I'd, I'd argue having, like, the Diggs-Sanders-Beasley combo is better than what the Raiders have. And, you know, I would take Jalen over Carr, of course. Um, and so, I... I was going to say, it would, no, it would not surprise me whatsoever if the Steelers had three times, <laughs> like, less pressures than the Raiders do this game, but they have almost the same amount of sacks. Yeah, I think... As a way of putting it. Yeah, I think they'll do some blitzing this week, unlike against the Bills, because the Raiders will not go four wide a bunch like the Bills did. And the Raider the the Ravens defense is not as good as the Steelers defense, especially with all the injuries they had. So we saw the Raiders get just enough done to beat the you know, I guess by the end of the game, same similar level O line, but a worse defense. And so if you've got a better defense here, I'm not sure how they're gonna fare and the team prepared for pressure. Yep. But fantasy-wise, yeah. though, uh, 
who, what's your interest fantasy wise in this game? Aside from Waller, I think we can just say Waller, of course. But aside from Waller, to... I, I do think that I like um, Claypool the most right. of the Pittsburgh receivers for this game. He does get the easiest match, like a pretty easy matchup against Mullins, because uh, Deontay's probably going to draw Hayward is the assumption at the moment. Right, and I saw Claypool getting a lot of quick stuff where. He yeah. was getting like a wheel route or a swing from Roethlisberger and then coming around the outside of the line with all of the receivers blocking for him. I saw a lot of that kind of stuff. So I do think Chase Claypool has a really nice upside this game. Mm-hmm. And then I also like Juju here. He's going to mm-hmm. get Nate Hobbs in the slot. Oof, bubble. E- exactly. Um <laughs> So he gets the easy matchup and then he on the pressure, which okay, I guess I'll be getting pressure at them every week, but especially this Raiders front. Uh, we might we might see a lot of quick juju stuff as well as a quick Claypool stuff. But so Najee, that's kind of, I guess he's the main point here. He should have a better week. I would expect so. But receiving. <laughs> yeah. Because there is one. It's gotta have to be receiving. If if there was one where if Ben puts it on him better, he could maybe bring it in for a touchdown. Like near down down to the goal line that we had, so yeah. But man, <sighs> the biggest difference is that the Raiders linebackers are a lot worse than the Bills. So yeah, I yeah, the Raiders linebackers, a... especially with uh, whatever his name is, Kukowski out. Kukowski, yeah, possibly yeah. He didn't practice uh, Thursday. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm expecting some more receptions for Najee. Yeah, because he needs to. And we talked about pre-draft how we thought he was good, but not like like transcendent level talent like whatever level talent like you know like that like quads is basically and so if you're not you know next level it's harder to overcome a bad line and so yeah. not Najee is not like some crazy acceleration burst guy that's not his game and no. so this battle line is going to limit him at times especially against you know good front so you know, i do worry like the raiders do have a good front but i guess more so pass rushing than run stopping uh per yeah. se the, 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 the linebackers being weaker and possibly you know injured hurts them and then uh the raiders also have injuries uh, richie incognito uh keeping on him and then josh jacobs has been banged up already and he hasn't been practicing so if he's okay if he's out would you play kenyan drake like what's your kenyan drake yay or nay if we don't have jacobs nay <laughs> what about ppr though because they did pass to him a lot meh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the Steelers linebackers and, like, safeties, their whole defense I'm, is really good. It's hard to I, get behind anyone against this Devin team. Bush, Schobert, like, they're in the linebackers. Melvin Ingram is technically a backup. but he, I still can't believe they got him, man. But he's, yeah, he's there on a lot of plays, too. And then you have TJ Watt, too, mm-hmm. who's, you know, technically a linebacker. He does rush a lot, but. Uh, Drake, I think it has to be pure PPR. I don't know if I even want him in half. Yeah, no, that, he's probably more of a full PPR pick just because I don't know. I don't know if either guy would get much rushing done, but if they could get it done in the passing game, that would help him out for sure. But next up, we've got New Orleans at Carolina. I'm not sure here, which sounds weird after week one, but I'm not sure here. I'm really not either, and that's because the Saints have a lot of injuries, potential injuries this week. And if they're all out, then I probably will pick Carolina. Um, but the main, like, the main few being, because there's more than one that's really big, is their center is doubtful. Eric McCoy, they've been trying out other centers. He's doubtful right now. 
Um, and having a backup center in, I know it's Cesar Ruiz oh, yeah. who, who's still solid, but that's big because he's your right guard. So he moves over to center, and then you're starting Calvin Throckmorton, who I've never heard of at right guard. So you've got a bit of a gap there. The other one being Marshawn Lattimore, who just had, I think he just had finger surgery, which could he play? Definitely. Um, and he might still, but, you know, uh, it might hurt with him getting picks, <laughs> <laughs> which is useful when you're playing Darnold. Um, so if the Saints are missing a bunch of people, uh, I think that the Carolina Panthers at home divisional matchup, like especially secondary and in your pass rush and your your center because there's also Davenport who's injured <laughs> like there's just yeah. a lot there's a pretty strong potential here for Darnold so uh if they're all out I'm probably taking the Panthers yeah because yeah Marcus Tybor's got a pec strain and those are painful those take a bit so yeah he avoided season out, ending injury is what they're saying but usually to me that means they're not probably playing this week yeah because I got um, not it may not be exactly a picture, but I I strained something around my pec, and that's taken forever to fucking rehab. So like, pec strains are annoying as hell, and you can do enough around it. But the main thing that hurts is having to push out like you're bench pressing, and you you have to do a lot of you know that directional motion on the D when line. you're on the line. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, because O line would be even worse. That's literally what you do. But D line is still kind of tough to manage. So yeah, it's this one's hard for me. Um, if, yeah, if they're if they're down, all those guys it might be tough. Cause uh, well, Carolina. Uh, so on Thursday we saw uh Taylor Moten and uh Daquan not practice. I, I wrote I just wrote down Daquan. I don't remember the rest of his name off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, Daquan Jones on uh, on their D line didn't practice Thursday. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye on them. If they have them both in and the Saints are missing both their guys, I may lean Carolina just because their passing game could really come online if he's got more time and they're down Lattimore. Like, if you've got Robbie and Darnold and, um, sorry, sorry, Robbie and, uh, Moore and Marshall, that's a pretty tough group to be down defensive players against. Yeah. But I, if they get any of those guys back, I'm probably taking the Saints. Yeah. This, this one's going to be an injury watch pick for me. Um, because as good as the Saints were last week, obviously shit hits the fans sometimes in week one, and this is a divisional game. Right. Uh, well, I guess a lot of Saints games are going to be on the road, technically. But, <laughs> and then of course you've got McCaffrey and Kamara here. Um, I, I just wrote RBs because, I mean they're right. they're the story of the game. And Kamara did didn't even play the whole game last week because of how much they were blowing the Packers out. Um, the, and then the Saints. Keep in mind they passed like there were like twenty targets to go around. But uh, Adam Troutman was in on eighty two percent of the snaps. So yeah, and Jameis he dropped an easy touchdown. Oh, did he? Because yep. I, I know I know Jawan Johnson got the touchdowns. But uh, yep. Troutman, Troutman didn't get... had an easy one that was dropped. Uh, that's a bummer. Yeah, he got six of those 20 targets, though. So, yeah. I mean, definitely could be a lot more play. He's someone we talked about, you know, when Thomas went down, and the hype kind of died down a little because he got hurt. And then I guess he's all good. And so, like, same with, like, Marcus Callaway. Like, that hype's just instantly gone after a rough week one. But, again, yeah. not many balls to go around that week. <laughs> so, you know. Don't don't abandon ship on the Saints pass catchers just quite yet, I would say. I was going to say, can you see how many plays the Panthers did last week? Because my assumption of them is they have a really high-flying offense with a lot of downfield stuff. Yeah, let's see. So Carolina, uh, 64 uh, offensive snaps. Okay. So a fair number, not like a ton. Like Detroit ran like 92 because right. 
They were just <laughs> they were in comeback mode the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, the Jets were not in threat of winning the game till the end, so they were kind of <laughs> just bruising yeah. through, chilling a bit. Yeah. So yeah, this uh, this one will be a good litmus test for both these teams. I think this is one that I don't know how much I'll watch of in the, in in real time, but I'll definitely be excited to go to, to go back and look at it just because. Between red zone and then I'll probably be looking a lot at uh, like Buffalo, Miami, and then the Rams and Nick Chubb, you know. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Moving on to our last 1 p.m. game, we've got Denver at Jacksonville. We both have Denver. Um, so Denver has an intro. I like, got a, I don't like weird story, but so Glasgow, he played through the whole game, but afterwards he mentioned he felt like in a regular heartbeat during the game and it started bothering him like the second or third series. But he played through it, and then he went to the hospital oh afterwards. God. So I'm like, that's <laughs> fucking intense, and wow. like I, So I, I'm not expecting him to play this week <laughs> as they get that figured out and evaluated right. to make sure he gets to play football. Um, <laughs> but I still expect Denver to handle this game easily. Yeah, I mean, I think the Jags are going to get better every week, but I think it will be a rather slow progression of getting better. Yeah. I don't think they're good enough yet to be a very good defense. No, yeah, we saw enough mis- mistakes from Lawrence last week against Houston that I think we can expect Denver to, you know, hold the hold their own defensively. But on the offensive side, I'm super into Fant, um, given what we saw from Farrell Brown last week. Um, mm. If you put insert Noah Fant into this, this <laughs> Mamma Jam party, um, and then obviously, you know, Judy, so probably increased targets. And then, yep. yeah, super easy matchup. I think you can get by any Denver, but uh, Fant especially – and his DraftKings price is pretty dang cheap, too, this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably going with Fant and the running backs here, if I had to pick, just because I I, I think you can just safely assume that this game's going to be out of reach for Jacksonville for a lot of it. Probably. Uh, <laughs> probably going to lean on the run game a bit from Denver. Yeah, we and, should get to see some more Javante again. Right. And I would say that with Judy being out, Noah Fant is the guy who benefits the most from those shorter passes that need to get redistributed. Yeah, because... Um, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, big Fant week. Uh-huh. And then uh, there's been a lot of discussion about, like, Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler. Like, who are you more into there? Um, that one's a kind I of a tough one. don't want... <laughs> I think either could be fine, obviously, this week. But it's it's one where I'm like, hopefully you don't need to go there. Um I do want to say, though, on Sutton, because I know like, he was a bummer last week, and we, we kind of talked about you know him and Teddy probably not riffing well. He did draw James Bradbury last week, so that's probably part of it. And this one's an interesting one where if you are, I think like if you're playing DFS and you're running Teddy out, um, I would be very interested in stacking him with Sutton because I don't think anyone will want to pair him with Sutton. They'll just pair him with Hamler and Patrick and Fant. So that's kind of my, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, a hot take on that, but there's definitely some reason for Sutton not doing well last week, aside from just, you know, him and Teddy maybe not being the perfect marriage or anything. Do you want anyone from Jacksonville? Um, I mean, if you're in a super flex league with Lords, like you're playing him just because he's going to get the garbage time <laughs> every week, pretty much. And so off of that, that's the thing. It's, you know, there's James O'Shaughnessy who got a bunch of targets in the garbage, like, like not only oh, the thing with Jacksonville is calling it garbage time is a little uh, unnecessary, maybe, because they might be in a lot of garbage time. They're gonna be like their whole behind. season is garbage yeah. time. <laughs> uh, when you've got Urban Meyer there, it's always garbage time. Hey. And so, yeah, that's the tough part. It was where, where the matchup's bad, but he might be throwing it 50 times anyway. And so, like, 
<laughs> you know, Marvin Jones, Chark, and Chenault might be all you know fine enough options. But yeah, Denver should have a, a good time this game, uh, regardless, probably in most facets. But moving on to our four o'clock games, got Minnesota at Arizona, and we both have Arizona here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This one, I think, our usual suspects. Obviously, Kyler Hopkins, and then Minnesota. You've got JJF, Thielen, Cook. Um, I mean, Kirk's probably a stream, even if the line struggles because of you know volume keeping up. Uh, how do you feel about like Cook though? Ah, uh, that's tough. I <laughs> think he's still fine because he gets receptions from. Yeah, Kirk. that's the thing. He's he's always involved in the game. Yeah, he's still fine. I wouldn't mash him really. Yeah, I so I do have interest in KJ Osborne again. The surprise nine targets from last week. I they're gonna be in a in a com- Okay, I assume they'll be in a come from behind game script again, and that's yeah, where they went three wide they got him involved so like i'm i'm into him this week he's super cheap on DraftKings. if you're in a bind like in a deep league or in dynasty and need receiver i think he could work out i don't see a reason his role would be a bunch less this week so yeah i'll, I'll pop I'm, him on our streams <laughs> here there we go and then i do expect justin jefferson to come back online this week because he almost scored he should have scored last week basically yeah he should have he got down to like he was close or something. yeah so Sometimes, Arizona's, sometimes the uh, happens. I was going to say, Arizona's defense is definitely much better than a lot of people thought. Um, mm-hmm. They've got a lot of pass rush. I still think Cousins does fine because fourth quarter, like, you know, fourth quarter Cousins. Pat, he gets those bombs to someone. He gets mm-hmm. the points. He usually gets you 20 points. He's probably fine. <laughs> Even if, like, Arizona's getting a ton of pressure. I. But the other thing is... I also think the Titans O-line being as bad last week as it was really played into like the Cardinals steamrolling them and Minnesota's O-line isn't great but I they might be better coached. Mm. I don't know. Um and like just the total confusion from the Titans. Like I do think Minnesota puts up some points. Yeah, I'm not I'm not expecting uh as bad of an outcome. <laughs> For them as Titans had. Actually, I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. I think, I think they'll be able to get more offense up. Hopefully. Right. They prob- they might score as many points like Arizona, but the Vikings might also get. <laughs> yeah. And then with Arizona, um, I this, it's tough with the secondary receivers because so Kirk did out-snap Rondale, but whenever Rondale was on the field, they were like really forcing the ball to him. So I think they both have some intrigue. Um, if in your, in your deeper leagues, in your PPR leagues as well for Rondale. But, uh, so the Vikings might be without a few guys. So as of Thursday, the Thursday practice reports, which definitely mean more than the Wednesday ones, because Wednesday everyone was, but I'm glad we're doing this Thursday. So we have a little more info <laughs> for most of these, uh, yeah. Kendricks, Barr and Griffin all did not practice. So Oof. yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's a rough one. And so if those guys are all out, I would, I'm going to say fire up Chase Edmonds in that scenario. <laughs> Because you're you're weakening that front a ton, so by a lot, yeah, yeah. And he was solid last week. He'd, I don't think he got in the end zone, but he was pretty involved. Um, Connor got some work too, but in the passing game, it's Edmonds, and I think he. We talked about him kind of correlating with Kyler a little bit better in terms of like one the pass catching and two in those like high pace games he gets involved. So yeah, I'm looking through it. So they ran they run a lot of plays, of course, but. Uh, Connor got 16 carries, Edmonds got 12, 
Um, I'll t- I can check how much was when in terms of like the game script wise, but Edmonds uh, did get four receptions for 43 yards. So in PPR, that's like eight extra points to go on top of six. So that's four. It's like 14.6 points without a touchdown. And so <laughs> if you get a touchdown, that's a really good day. Yeah. So yeah, I'm 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 gonna change Edmonds in general. I think just because of how this offense is gonna run. But if those guys are out, it really makes them intriguing. Yeah, he's definitely not your downhill running back, but Kyler loves to throw to him, and he's really tough to tackle, so yeah. good old almonds. Almonds, man. Chase almonds. <laughs> Got to run after those nuts. Speaking of nuts, um, I, uh, that was a bad transition. Sorry. Atlanta, Tampa. Um, <laughs> I'm going to feel like I got punched in them after. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. this, this game's going to be a kick in the nuts for me. There we go. Yeah. There's a transition. Um, <laughs> we've got Tampa here, and man, I don't, I don't know if I even want to talk about this game. It's gonna make me sad. I mean, we have to, but you start. <laughs> I say, as an out, outside, you know, you know, as a Jets fan and watching the Falcons for the past couple of years, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Atlanta looked like a way better team against the Buccaneers this week than they the fucking will, Eagles. But... Um, but I'm still picking Tampa and picking them to win. Yeah, so they're huge favorites, and that's the thing where, like, they are, in some books, 13-point favorites. Jesus. And that's pretty big against a divisional opponent. That, that might, is pretty big. That might be a little much. Now, it could be right, but it might be a little much. Um, I think it's reasonable to say that that's a little bit much because I'm going to go ahead and just check out the schedule from last year because I believe... They played the Bucks well in that second game for sure. Right, they... Might have even upset like a few teams, right? Um, they I know, beat I know Atlanta they, at the end of the year, and yeah. So I know Atlanta. They smashed the Raiders at the end of the year, like after like uh, Raheem Morris took over, I believe. And then they played the Bucks pretty close at the end. That's why I was yeah, like thirty-one twenty-seven. Yeah, so that's why I was like, I'm kind of a little intrigued by you know what they might do this year on defense, but no, it just didn't work. I mean, I'm probably not going to bet on it, but uh, if you were looking at this game, I think covering a 13-point spread might not be the worst bet for a divisional matchup. Yeah, that's a a huge spread. It just is a huge spread for a divisional game. Like, no no matter how different the teams are, like, level-wise, yeah. But anyway, um, Tampa side. um, So a funny quote came out before we started recording for Arians that he he talked about like all three running backs being starters, so that's pretty gross and funny. Um, so the Tampa passing attack, though, I'm pretty interested in. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, if you got it, you are interested. But in DFS, like the Brady, you can play two of Evans, Godwin, AB, and then Orgo Gronk in there. Like, do you have a lot of options to do? And they're not terribly priced. Like on DraftKings, they're all between like 6K and 6.6 for the receivers. So it's a pretty manageable stack. So. Yeah. And if you want to bring it back, you can do it with Pitts or Weirdly, or you don't have to, depending on how you feel about this game outcome. But, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'll take any of them. I guess I like Godwin the most, because he just always feels the safest and has great upside. Yeah. Like, so AB is the cheapest, and I think I'd probably go with him. It's just a matter of the other two. Evans, I think Evans is cheaper than Godwin is this week, and people probably won't want to play him, so maybe I'd roll there if I think it ends up popular. But, yeah, it's, I mean... Yeah. I, they, it could they could all have fun days too what so what's your level of interest in the atlanta side if any uh like what are you what are you expecting from like pitts and ridley i guess uh well i think ridley is better than most corners including the corners on tampa no shade to them <laughs> but ridley's very very good 
Um, and he could line up in the slot a lot. He could move around. Yeah, well, that's though, that's why I've got some interest in Pitts. Um, right. Yeah. I think they both could, and I think that's a point of weakness for the Bucks. Yeah, with uh, Murphy bunting out. Um, like yeah. They'll both be mismatches for Altelik, who takes the place there. But Pitts got enough slot work, and then you're really moving the slot enough that yeah, they, they, they could find um, some matchups to exploit, possibly. So in the slot, I think they'll have uh, Ross Cockrell will be the guy. So ah. I expect Calvin Ridley to beat him, and then Kyle Pitts is much larger than he is for uh, <laughs> when that happens. So True. Big if true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Kyle Pitts makes sense as like a cheaper run back because you don't need as much. And we saw um, we saw the combo of Schultz and Jarwin do decently, uh, like combined stat wise. Yeah, if you combine them, they did pretty well. Yeah, of course, like Hayden Hurst could you know get his too. But we did see eight targets for Pitts last week, and I expect if Atlanta doesn't get more creative and like find ways to get the ball to Ridley and Pitts more, I'm gonna be so pissed next week. Yeah. Like, if, they, if one of those guys doesn't have a good game... Yeah, no, it's Tampa, but I'm still going to be upset. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the play calling was bad, so th- I'm kind of, that's, like, why... Yeah. I want better play calling. I don't care I'm if I'm probably lose, not but... starting a lot of Atlanta players unless I really want to gamble on it just because I need the play calling to improve. Yeah, I got to see it, man. I, I feel like I got to see it first, at least before with DFS. If you've got him in, like, season long, you, you probably have to play Ridley or Pitts if you've got him in season long, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also I thought it was funny I, that JPP was on the injury report with a hand injury. Get so <laughs> uh, not to laugh at the guy's pain, but it, yeah. It, and it he is. just always can use that excuse. Yeah, yeah. I have a hand injury. <laughs> yeah, you do. I've had it for a couple of years now. Yep. Like you know what? Good point. Um, Good point. Uh, so moving on. Next up, I think game of the week with Dallas at the Chargers. We both have the Chargers here, and I think this whole game is full of bangers. Yeah, I think this is one of those games where the Dallas Cowboys look like one of the best teams to be 0-2. Yeah, that's, I feel bad for them with that tough start. I think that was one of like the things. Like, I had them still winning the division you know, by the end, but right, right. tough start with, with uh, Tampa and the Chargers here. Oof. So, I mean, I don't think we need to go too deep into it. You play all the main guys, I would say. Um, I'm like Mike Williams included. I'm calling him a main guy here and the running backs. Uh, but I think... Uh, Jalen Guyton and Cedric Wilson need to be mentioned as like streams or deeper DFS plays or, you know, deep league or dynasty guys you can plug in. Um, again, we've talked about Cedric Wilson a fair amount on this podcast. I think I don't know if any other podcast yeah, about Cedric people, Wilson. I don't even think know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Like even throughout the off season, he came up, which is kind of funny. So he's going to step in as a third receiver on a team that goes three wide and uses three receivers a lot. And he's actually good. He's not just like some scrub that's filling in. He's gonna earn some targets too. And then, oh no, yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's and very then, good. Yeah, and then he's also like thirty one hundred on DraftKings, so it's pretty nice. Um, if you want to go there and like sack this game and save some salary as well. And then Guyton, he's the third receiver for the Chargers. Um, he played. I try to find the exact snap number. He definitely played more snaps than Josh Palmer, though. I know we were kind of curious to see how that played out. But we got Jalen Guyton in on 65% of the snaps. So he, he's a part of the offensive. You know, we saw him and Herbert, you know, riff well last year, too. Mm. So his price on DraftKings, he's also 3,100. So you've got two cheap 3,100 receivers in this game you could maybe roll with. Yeah, I liked Guyton as an option there because he seemed to be the other guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of assume Mike Williams will draw uh, Trayvon Diggs a lot. Probably. 
But yeah, Keenan Allen should be a banger, and I would I would assume Guyton does well too. Yeah, he he's really interesting as a stream for sure. But I'm also I'm also intrigued by uh, Cook here as well. We saw oh, yeah. Prong have his game, and Cook got like eight targets or something too. So it's like he's gonna get. I feel like he's gonna get targets either way, especially in a matchup for uh not four tight ends it's for you know everyone maybe but where, where we saw a tight end just exploit it so he always does well whenever he goes somewhere yeah man like, good old jared cook <laughs> and gronk's old, old yeah how old is jared cook anyway i feel like he's older he, than gronk right he is older than gronk he is I'm pretty 34 sure. yeah there we go mm-hmm. i think gronk's only like 32 yeah travis kelsey and gronk are basically the same age <laughs> which is hilarious because like because <laughs> Gronk, Gronk moves, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Him retiring makes them also feel older too. <laughs> when you when you retire and then unretire, you get you get you get an old label for sure. Right. Yeah. And then uh, we mentioned Gallup being out at points. Uh, that's why Cedric is viable. And then Demarcus Lawrence is going to be out. Uh, he's, yeah. he's out like six to eight weeks, which is a big bummer. And so the Chargers line is going to have a lot of time. <laughs> Right. So, so, yeah, Herbert, by nature, probably has a decent game, too. Yeah. That's what I think makes Guyton a little intriguing here uh, is because, like, we've seen him be deep threat. And, like, if he's going to have the time to get deep, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he will. <laughs> yeah. And I, I guess either kicker probably makes sense in what is expected to be a super high-scoring game. The total is at, like, 55, I think. Ooh. So, big there big go. Big numbers. Yeah, 55, 55 and a half range. Charger's favorite by, like, three, three and a half. So, Big totals for both teams. Now, I will say it's not ideal, and it's more of in a shitty pinch or cheaper DFS. I think you could maybe play the Chargers and get a like non-negative outcome. Uh, that's, that's not freaking mm. like you can get it. You can get a few points out of them, and like I think you know, like on DraftKings where they're super cheap, I assume they are fatal too. Um, the Dallas Dallas passes enough that like. There could be some opportunities for. I, I talked about this with the Cardinals, like you know, super good offense, but they do pass a lot, so there can be some opportunities for like the plays that give defenses points. So interesting. Yeah, I said. I, I, yeah. No, I don't like love it, but they're talented, and the Dallas pass volume is there. So if you are really in a bind, yeah, it's yeah, like of the defenses that might be available, like they're 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 an option. I think you can get away with. So, I like it. I like it. But I'm excited for this game. I'm definitely going to be watching this one. And oh, yeah. uh, and the next one, too, with Tennessee at Seattle. Uh, we will have Seattle. But I really want to see how Tennessee Tennessee events is back. I almost said Tennessee, like Tannehill, Tennessee. 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 <laughs> uh, so do I think the Titans offensive line played like dog shit? Yes. Uh, <laughs> do I think they'll play better this game? Probably. Um do I think it really matters? Uh, maybe. I don't. Mm-hmm. I, there might not be enough uh, there there for that. The thing is, Seattle does generate good pressure. I don't think they do it as well as the Cardinals, um, but they do still get pretty good pressure with uh, Collier and uh, Jamal Adams mm-hmm. up there just in the box all the time. What's intriguing, and I think is the question, is Derek Henry. And to me, Henry's a really risky play this week. If... Tannehill and the passing offense do not succeed very well, then it's likely Henry won't be great either because they need to open some things up and their run blocking has to improve a lot. Now, Mm -hmm. I think by the end of the year, Henry's probably back to form and doing great, but they clearly were not in sync. And I think he's a little bit of a gamble this week. 
I don't think it's an immediate, oh, he'll be fine. Uh, he, I, he really doesn't get many passes. And yeah, that's the tough part about it. Their O-line was so bad last week that he couldn't get past the first line. He couldn't. He could barely reach the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think the Seattle like defensive line is more beatable, possibly. I mean, they do they do have like Dunlap and Darrell Taylor, but and they're, Bobby they're Wagner. Yeah, they're uh, they're like their interior like D line isn't like as strong. There's enough weakness there with like Moen and Hyder and Woods and Ford. Like some of the rotations that they'll put in there will be like will be beatable. But yeah, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks are unfortunately there as well as Jamal Adams, the run stopper himself. Oh, yeah. So, like, is Henry probably fine? Yeah. Do I think he has a banger? Probably not. I mean, he could. He could. He definitely could, but, I mean, the the run blocking sucked. I don't know how else to say it. The run blocking really sucked. <laughs> they were confused. Nate Davis was a weak point, and they were just putting someone on him to get through the line the second the ball was snapped, and then they were in the backfield and could wrap up his legs immediately. Yeah, like, what we saw with Henry was sort of like what we saw, I guess, like, what you mentioned with Najee, like, the needing a little bit more push from their line to make it work out. But in this game, I'm really interested in DK. Uh, I expect I expect him to have his banger week against this Tennessee secondary. I don't think any of them can really hold a candle to him. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like them all. I like Russ, DK, and Lockett. Yeah, that, that stack should be in play again this week. So are, do you think the Tennessee, like, passing attack will get back online, though? It needs to. It Like, it needs to for them to have any success. So I do think it starts to, um, which is why I don't hate Henry this week. I'm just a little cautious of him. I, I don't know who, though. I mean, it, you have any of them. If it gets online, it probably affects all of them positively. I don't know if there's one I like over the other, but both Brown and Julio. Yeah, I. you got to think they'll find a way to get Brown involved enough and get him, like, back on track. Right. So, but, yeah, this game right now, the total, I think it's got a pretty decent total. It is at 54. Uh, Seattle is favored by 6. So this started at 49 and boosted up to 54 on the total. Interesting. Well, so, people must seem to th- agree that yeah, the, like, Tennessee will start so, to figure some things out. Yeah, more so thinking, like, okay, more aberration and shitting bad week one and bouncing back, hopefully. I mean, I, I I hope so, too. I'd rather have a better game. But I am really looking forward to our Sunday night game we've got with Kansas City at Baltimore. Um, the only thing that's making me a little less excited is all the injuries Baltimore has. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Yeah, they're not expected to be without Ronnie Stanley, along with, uh, I think, like, Derek Wolf's been out. They're just missing everyone. So, like, yeah, their O-line is going to be on the struggle bus again, I assume. And then uh, Marquise Brown didn't practice Thursday. I, th- I think they might just be putting the Ferrari in the garage and letting him rest, <laughs> and then he's going to play. But um, hopefully they get Jimmy Smith back because he didn't play last week. They need him back badly in this in this game for sure. But, yeah, like, the Chiefs I pass- was excited for this game, but I don't know if I am anymore. Yeah, the, the Chiefs pass rush is not as strong as the Raiders pass rush for sure. True. So that makes it a little easier, but they have historically kind of owned the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, the past two years, I think. Uh They've just absolutely destroyed them, and now the Ravens are, like, really, really beat up and injured. I'm, uh... Yeah, I'm I'm going on KC, and I don't... uh, I don't know how close... Yeah, I mean, without Frank Clark, all they really have up front to worry about is Chris Jones, I think, for the most part. Yeah, so... But it's just, like... 
the style of offense that they run just doesn't lend itself to a good you know like yeah there's been years where i'm like you know what i'm taking the ravens this time so i think they got it but they just they run so many fewer plays kansas city can score in like a minute whereas baltimore usually takes a while yeah like the if, propensity to score for kansas city is just so much greater uh-huh i'm not sure is let's see oh frick clark might be back too actually so i see so, him as being back yeah so if he's and, back and that makes it too. yeah oh if they're both bad that's a lot yeah because them being out last week definitely helped the Browns, too. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, the Ravens are just so injured, man. They they cannot catch a break, or they're catching all the breaks, however you put it. But yeah. it just keeps hey, maybe they'll Hey, uh, maybe they'll rematch later in the season, you know? Yeah, I would like to see them with a healthier rematch. But, like, if they had, you know, their line healthy, they had Bateman, they had Gus and Dobbins, you know, if they weren't just decimated, I'd be more apt to pick them. Because, like, I, I was kind of thinking about that, you know, Okay, like is this gonna be the year Lamar gets over the Kansas City hump? But at this right. point, I don't, I don't know if his team is going to allow it. I know. Uh-huh. It's sad because I was looking forward to the matchup since the off season. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's always one that we get in regular season and or playoffs is always fun. Um, with the Chiefs, I think I mean I don't think we have to go through it much. <laughs> um, but on the Ravens side, uh, are you? How are you feeling about the fantasy wise? Like I, th- I think Lamar still gonna be fine for fantasy um like he's gonna have to throw a lot to catch back up he's gonna run as he always does i'm not i'm not terribly concerned about his fantasy output output for me at this point no i'm not terribly concerned either he still does fine um i i'm in the question of starting jalen hurts or him and i think personally i'll be starting hurts just because that's a tough one yeah I, I, it's there's hard no to receivers Lamar. I know on Baltimore that I particularly like though. Like it I is, don't know who it is going to be. It, it is, is Sammy, Sammy like, Watkins' revenge game. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> True. That's funny. It's funny as hell. <laughs> Sammy Watkins' revenge game, fucking shit, dude. <laughs> I mean, he also had one against the Bills, right? Last year. Oh, did he? That's funny. In the playoffs, and but that didn't, you know. But yeah, it is Sammy Watkins' revenge game, and he was last with the. Mm-hmm. So, technically, Sammy Revenge, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this... I, I guess I'm curious how Clyde Edwards-Hilaire does here. Like, I'm I'm wondering if he gets online or if... Basically, is he going to look into a touchdown or not? I think that's kind of what you're hoping for some mm-hmm. weeks with him. So, maybe they'll get him... Maybe they'll get more involved in the passing game or if they get ahead, they'll run him a lot. TBD. TBD. Yeah. Man, I, I, bummer with all the injuries, man, for the Ravens. But next up, we've got... Detroit at Green Bay. We both got Green Bay. Um, expecting them to come back online here. And, man, Adams should really just really have a good time this week, I'm, I'm expecting. Sure. I mean, a lot. I think a lot of the Green Bay offense will. Rodgers, Jones, Adams, I don't know, Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's anyone on the part, like on the... Uh, Lions, because I was reading AJ Parker, so I said Parker just now. Um, like him or uh, I, I, I can't, I cannot pronounce these names without sounding it out like five times in a row first. But any of their corners, I don't think can hold a candle to, to Adams here. No. So. No, no, no. Um, I also expect a little bit of offense though from the Lions. I yeah. mean, so I think the Packers' offense gets back to what we expect. I think they look fine. Um and. By fine, I mean pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So I'm not, you know, down on them at all. But their defense. <laughs> Last week, Joe Barry, that defense is just complete garbage. And I do not have mm-hmm. faith that he's going to fix things. Uh, I mean, when he got hired, people were upset. Like, we looked at that and we're like, what the fuck? Why are you hiring this guy? I mean, Owen 16 Lions D, D coordinator. He was with the Rams last year for the past three years. And the fact that, A, they didn't offer him a D coordinator position after Staley left <laughs> is one thing. And then, B, the fact that he is now in the Packers. He just watched Brandon Staley's amazing defense last year, and now he is doing absolutely nothing like that. Their safeties are two of their best defensive players, and most of them were just like hanging out by the linebackers for that game. When it probably would have made a lot more sense with what the Saints were doing to, I don't know, maybe drop them back a bit mm-hmm. and prevent these the super hyper efficiency of Jameis Winston's passing game it in any capacity. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, take your goddamn safeties and put them in the back of the fucking defense. Then you stop getting, you know, eight throws for fucking four touchdowns. Oh my Lord. So I have absolutely no faith in Joe Barry and fixing that defense. And as a result, I think Detroit puts up some points. It might not be at first because that it might be a pattern with them all year that they kind of wait till the second half to put up <laughs> points. But uh yeah, this I don't uh, this should I, like it should be a fucking shutout. <clears throat> I don't think it will be. No. I think Packers probably win by like 8 at most, 30 like 35-27, you know, something like that. Yeah, right now the spread is minus 11. There you go. I would so I take, would personally take, take the points. Yeah, I would take Ooh. them to cover. Yeah, like with the Lions the Hawk and the running backs, those those are probably the consistence, honestly. And we've seen the Green Bay run game struggle the last couple of years. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm into both running backs and Hawk as always. Uh, outside of those like main Williams revenge game. Oh, it is, that's true. Oh. And I feel oh, like boy. that's a legit one because he was always like the R B two there. Yeah. And now he can be like, yo, they paid me. <laughs> And I'm going to show you why you should have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I like him for sure here. Anyone outside of uh, of them for the Lions? Because Tyrell is hurt. He's concussed. And I don't expect, they don't expect him to be back this week. I think Goff is an extreme option this week. I think he'll be fine. I don't uh, personally... Like, I think Sewell actually had a good game last week, if I remember correctly. Because they actually put him at left tackle, which is his natural position. Even though it's usually Taylor Decker, he's yeah. hurt. So they put Sewell in at left tackle. I think he actually had a decent game. Um, and the defense and pass rush he was going against last week is honestly better than this week against the Packers. So I think Goff has a little bit of time. I think the Packers defense is going to suck. So by nature, I kind of like Goff, and I kind of like Quintez to be that big... That mm. big guy who gets one. Yeah, I'm stretch, Especially with Tyrell out. Yeah, I'm curious who's going to draw Jair. Like, if it's going to be Quintez. Or if he... They might just have him play a side. And, and that's what I'm expecting is yeah. he'll just have a side. Yeah, given, like, there's not really a clear guy right, for them. Right, threat guy that's like... You know, Galladay. If it was Galladay, he'd be on him or... Yeah, because th- a lot of times what they did last year... And you, ha- you had more eyes on that game than me where they just playing them on sides in week one. Um, from what I saw, yeah. Okay. 
because like they were on I, they were on sides and the safeties were in the fucking box. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I expect them to just stick Jair and uh, Kevin King on a side and let you know the Lions decide how to move them just because there's not like a clear number one to really try to shut down. Right. I was gonna say Kevin King. I don't even know if he's starting. He yeah, was. he's been rough. He's been rough. He's been really rough. I think they benched him. Oof. But uh, Eric Stokes is going to probably take his job unless he's also terrible. And then <laughs> G- GM then should probably not have a job. <laughs> but at least Jair is good. So At least Jair is good. Mm-hmm. But this is our, our Monday night game, which, I, you know what? I hope Detroit makes this a, a good game. I think they I think they can, too. I mean, I'll be rooting for the Lions. Oh, yeah, for sure. Always I'm going to root for, for them. Yeah. Motor City Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. Yeah. At a baby. At <laughs> <Atta> a baby. <laughs> and for those I haven't seen, there's a clip of him saying, like, at a baby a lot, but he says it like kinda weirdly. At a baby. Like, not like at a baby. Like it's it's at a baby. It's like adding in a baby. So Right. Yeah, I mean normally when you say that it's at a baby. You know your inflection yep. <laughs> is kinda on the atta, not the baby. <laughs> yeah, you put the inflection on the baby. At a baby. At a baby. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> oh, what a guy. Yeah, he said uh, the Saints, like, kicked the hornet's nest or whatever with the Packers. So, oh, about, like, what he thought about it. So, he's he's ready to go into the hornet's nest, I guess, with this game. Oh, yeah. But, hey, they played all four quarters, baby. And the Packers, hey, they've been known, just saying, to put up points and then do fucking nothing for a while. So. Oh, yeah. Hey, they do be like that sometimes. We could have a game here. Mm-hmm. I- I'm looking forward to this week of football. Um, I mean, the primetime games last week, at least the Thursday and uh, Monday, lived up, lived up to hype. So hopefully we can get some uh, some of that this week, whether it be in primetime or on Sunday uh, during the day. But for now, we will uh, wrap this up, and we'll be back next time with our review of this week. So thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Twitter and TikTok at Mozzie and Muscle and online at mozzieandthemuscle.com.